Welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report today for August the 6th of 2020. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest news you need to know from around the industry. Hosted on YouTube and podcast services around the world five days a week, it is your one-stop shop for everything you need to know. So if you enjoy the show and you like what you see, hit that subscribe button and keep coming back for more. However, just a few moments ago, Sony wrapped up their PlayStation State of Play, and it was a smaller episode as compared to previous. Instead of focusing on large PlayStation 5 first-party games, it was more geared towards third-party and PlayStation VR games, coming out primarily on the PlayStation 4, with a few PlayStation 5 indies sprinkled in. Now, that's not to say that there was not plenty of news to dive into, because, of course, as you would expect, there absolutely is. Uh, it is also worth mentioning, a lot of the games that were shown off during today's state of play are also going to be coming to other platforms, whether it be PC, Switch, or even the Xbox One. We'll talk more about that as we go. But first and foremost, they started things off with a look at Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. This is the direct sequel to Crash Bandicoot Warp that was revealed earlier this year, and it is the first new game in the series in over a decade and will give you the ability to play through the entire adventure with Crash's younger sister Coco. Specific moments in the game will also put you in control of antagonist Neocortex and Dingo Dial, and the game heads to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One on October the 2nd. Now, this one could potentially be coming to the Switch and the PC in the future. Activision has said they are evaluating the potential for the game to come to other platforms as time goes on. Then we saw Hitman 3 with a big VR mode. It will have missions from previous games in the trilogy when it arrives next January. Looks pretty good for those that are fans of the PlayStation VR world, and supposedly you can expect this one to likely come to other VR platforms as well, though that is not yet confirmed. Then Braid Anniversary Edition is coming in early 2021. The classic game has been hand-repainted and will feature revamped animations and music, as well as developer commentary. The developers are planning to release simultaneously on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Series X, Switch, Windows, Mac, and Linux next year. Then The Pathless was shown off. It's an open-world adventure game set in a vast forest. It focuses on fluid dynamic movement that combines archery and acrobatic maneuvers. The main character also has an eagle companion that can help her fly and glide. It comes out later this year, and yes, you can pet the eagle. In fact, you actually have to pet the eagle. Thank you very much. Then we saw Spelunky 2. You guessed it, it is more Spelunky, but with additional features designed to get newcomers excited. The world of Spelunky 2 has been designed to feel more full, according to developer Derek Yu, and it will launch on PS4 on September the 15th. Then a few highlights, we saw Genshin Impact, it's scheduled for an autumn release on PlayStation 4. Aeon Must Die releases next year. This one is going to be interesting to watch because from what I saw on Twitter, it seems that the developers of this game have largely walked out because they have not been paid. And you can see a highlight here uh, on one of the replies from Brian Wu. It says, unconfirmed news, but I heard the whole dev team just quit because of development crunch and compensation issues. And this trailer was outsourced to some outside party to make without contracts. I don't know if this game will ever actually end up seeing the light of day. Now, this is not necessarily a major blow, but obviously if you have developers working on a game, they should get paid for it. If you have people making marketing materials, they should get paid for it. It is wild to me to see this kind of thing unfold directly after a state of play, but it seems like AI Must Die might be in trouble. 
And of course, as it should be, if the developers are not getting compensated fairly. Uh, then you saw Anno Mutation M. Oh, that's a strange name. Mutation M. I believe that's how you say that. Heads to PlayStation 4 in December. Then we got our first look at Bug Snacks gameplay, which seems like a mixture of Ape Escape and Pokemon Snap. There's also some sort of side story about a journalist. Mysterious, they write a Kotaku. And we will know more when it arrives on PlayStation 5 this holiday season. The marketing team behind this game is absolutely phenomenal. I want to go off the uh, go off the uh, cuff here and say that because they have made a viral music song I, as compared to other kinds of songs. Uh, and on top of that, the backstory behind Bug Snacks is getting everybody talking. What is happening in the world of Bug Snacks? Is it legitimately just a fun world where you capture these little bug food creatures? Or is there some kind of mischievous plot going on behind the scenes? Uh, very interesting stuff here. I'm excited to see how this one pans out, but it looks very, very good. Of course, that one is coming out on PS5, PS4, and PC, and the PlayStation 5 version will come at a later date, presumably, but we'll see when this one is actually set to come out. Then, the next episode of the VR series, Star Wars Vader Immortal, launches on August the 25th. Control's second expansion, All, will be available on August the 27th. Of course, this is the Alan Wake expansion. That is what that actually stands for. Yes, Alan Wake is coming to Control. Uh, now, as somebody who played through the majority of Alan Wake, I need to get back to it on Xbox One, uh, this makes me excited because of the fact that the world of Alan Wake and the world of Control can mesh so well together uh, that it is a shame that they have not up until now. And it seems like the perfect opportunity to bring back the name Alan Wake. And I think this is also gauging interest in a return for Alan Wake. The question there, is that going to be coming to the PlayStation platforms as well? More than likely. Of course, the Control expansion is going to be coming out on all of the platforms, PC, Xbox One, and PS4, on August the 27th. Auto Chess is coming to PlayStation 4 on October the 31st. Sign Hopping Platformer Pedestrian will be available on PlayStation 4 next January. This is very neat. It takes all of those little people you see on like bathroom signs and crosswalks, and essentially it makes a platformer out of that person or those people jumping from sign to sign. That gets me very excited. I like this kind of unique idea. Uh, Hood Outlaws and Legends is a medieval PlayStation 5 game launching in 2021. Essentially, it looks like a competitive Robin Hood simulator. Uh, that looks pretty interesting as well. Tim Tim, the popular Pokemon clone, is heading to PlayStation 5 next year. This one came out on Steam earlier in 2020, I believe, if not late 2019. And it did get a lot of fanfare if you are into the Pokemon world, but you don't want to get into the Nintendo ecosystem. And finally, to round out the show, there was new PlayStation 5 gameplay of Godfall. Roughly 10 minutes of it, in fact. In Gearbox Software's next loot-based adventure launches this holiday season on the PlayStation 5 and the PC. And of course, it is reported this is going to be a timed exclusive. That has not been confirmed, but early on in development, uh, this was slated to release on next-generation consoles. Then they changed it to PlayStation 5 and PC. Uh, so essentially, it could be a timed exclusive, or it could be a full exclusive that was bought out that hasn't really been detailed as of yet. So what do we think about today's show? I personally would give this one a solid 6 out of 10 uh, because, again, a lot of this stuff we already knew about, but it did give enough of in-depth looks or it did give enough in-depth looks at everything that is going to be coming out on the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 5 that they wanted to showcase during today's program. As far as the standout features that we saw today, I think the Braid Anniversary Edition looks phenomenal. Of course, Braid has always looked phenomenal, but out of everything, the standout 
standout for me was absolutely the Pathless. Uh, this game looks so good. I love the lighting. I love the gameplay. And I think it's these experiences that are going to define the PlayStation 5. Uh, this is something that I cannot think... Uh, would really come out on the Xbox One or the Xbox Series X. Uh, it could come to PC at some point in the future, but if this is a PlayStation 5 exclusive, this is what I want to see. It looks so good. I'll jump to some gameplay right towards the middle here, but for me, this is exactly uh, what I am looking for in a new, unique gameplay experience. There's puzzle solving, there's open world exploration, uh, there is light platforming. I am such a huge fan of this style of game, and on top of that, this art style uh, where it looks elegant, it looks detailed, but it is uh, simple in a lot of different ways. That's what really gets me going. I'll turn it up to 1080p so you guys can see everything that's going on, uh, but essentially you have to take down these uh, for... Ooh, that was scary. Big noise happened outside. Uh, for lack of a better term, you have to take down these giant pillars and essentially free up specific sections of the map from what I can gather. Uh, lots of cool stuff going on here, but the Pathless is certainly one to keep your eye on if you are interested in what the PlayStation 5 has to offer. Spelunky 2, a major one for a ton of people. I'm very excited about that one. Bug Snacks, again, a huge indie game. And then the Control expansion is getting a lot of traction. So my big takeaway from this is that if you are excited about the PlayStation 4's future, you have good reason to be. There is still plenty of life left in the current generation console. However, if you are excited about the PlayStation 5, a lot of good stuff is coming out exclusively on that platform, and you get everything coming out on the PlayStation 4 as well. And then if you just happen to be a general gamer, a lot of these games are coming out on your platform, or they are going to be coming out on your platform at some point in the future, which gives you reason to be excited because these things look great. Uh, so overall, pretty solid and show, but that is everything shown off during today's big state of play. Now, late last night slash early this morning, Nintendo has surged after reporting a 428% profit spike driven by gamers flocking to Animal Crossing amid the pandemic. Nintendo has seen a surge in business amid the COVID-19 pandemic, with gamers flocking to its Nintendo Switch platform now that many consumers are spending more time indoors and looking for new forms of entertainment. Demand for its products in its fiscal first quarter led to a surge in earnings, with profits rising 428% year-over-year to $1.4 billion, and revenue jumping 108% to $3.4 billion, according to its earnings statement. Nintendo's most popular software title was Animal Crossing New Horizons, which sold 10.6 million copies in the quarter, bringing its cumulative unit sales to 22.4 million. Quote, sales of this title continue to be strong, with no loss of momentum contributing greatly to the overall growth in software sales, Nintendo said. Nintendo's hardware unit, which includes the Nintendo Switch and Switch Lite consoles, saw sales jump 166% year-over-year to 5.7 million units. The Switch has been sold out across the country for months, and a surge in demand was coupled with a disruption in Nintendo's supply chain due to the pandemic. Nintendo said that COVID-19 created, quote, some difficulties in procuring the parts for Nintendo Switch consoles, but the situation has since mostly recovered, according to the earnings report. J.P. Morgan, which rates Nintendo as overweight, said in an analyst note on Thursday that it expects the Japan-based company to increase supply of its Switch console to help meet rising demand. Additionally, the firm thinks stay-at-home demand will continue to boost sales for Nintendo in the coming months. Some may think positives are now all out, but we see no reasons for concern about a sharp slowdown in sales momentum, the bank said. 
Shares of Nintendo's ADR shares surged as much as 6% to $62.20 in Thursday's trades. Of course, this is coming to us from Business Insider's Markets Insider, so this is a much more business-focused approach to the Nintendo news. Uh, the biggest news here is not necessarily the spike in hardware, but more so, it is the fact that Animal Crossing New Horizons sold 10.6 million copies in the quarter, bringing its lifetime sales to 22.4 million million. That is putting me, it's just behind Mario Kart 8 Deluxe as the best selling Nintendo Switch game to date. That is massive. And I can't stress this enough. The community behind Animal Crossing New Horizons adopted this game and are sticking with it in such a way that it's become almost ubiquitous uh, with owning a Nintendo Switch. That is absolutely incredible. The lifetime sales of Animal Crossing New Horizons uh, should not be this high on paper just a few months after its release, but the game is continuing to sell incredibly well, which solidifies the future of the franchise and the updates that are coming to New Horizons as well. Now, as far as the actual hardware goes, uh, this is not shocking because of the fact that the Nintendo Switch does not have an end in sight. We saw the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One both rise exponentially uh, in the first quarter of the year because of the COVID-19 pandemic, and that is whenever you see the next console on the horizon. Consumers know that the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X are coming out. Uh, the Nintendo Switch is just going to exist indefinitely at this point. Another could be a hardware revision itself point in the future, but right now the Nintendo Switch is hanging in solid, which is contributing greatly to its 428% profit spike thanks to hardware and software sales. Now moving on to the Xbox side of things, Microsoft has no plans to end Xbox Live Gold as a service. This news comes after reports of the service ending going viral on Twitter earlier this week. In a statement sent to The Verge, Microsoft said, quote, We have no plans to discontinue Xbox Live Gold at this time. It is an important part of gaming on Xbox today and will continue to be in the future. Xbox Live Gold refers specifically to the paid subscription service that provides access to online multiplayer, as well as monthly free games on Xbox consoles. The recent discontinuation of 12-month gold subscriptions, as well as the announcement that Halo Infinite will feature a free-to-play multiplayer suite, fueled speculation that paid for Xbox multiplayer was soon to be discontinued. However, Microsoft's statement suggests that Xbox Live Gold service will continue. The same statement also states that, quote, there are no changes being made to the experience of the service or Xbox Live Gold, which means we should not expect Microsoft to pivot Gold into a slightly different service. It would be easy to speculate that perhaps free-to-play multiplayer may not require a Gold subscription, but that seems to not be the current case. As that, we, or excuse me, all that we can say at the moment is that Xbox Live Gold will continue, but paid for via a monthly or three-month payment plan. With that in mind, it looks like PC players will be able to take advantage of free Halo Infinite multiplayer as a gold subscription is not required for Microsoft's PC games. Xbox players, meanwhile, will likely need a gold subscription or, of course, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate to play a few rounds of Slayer. Uh, but so we have this follow-up statement from Microsoft to break down today, and this is not really what I was expecting. Xbox Live Gold feels incredibly outdated in a space where Xbox Game Pass Ultimate exists. Because for $15 a month, Game Pass Ultimate bundles Game Pass for consoles, Game Pass for PC, and Xbox Live Gold into one big package. When you have Xbox Live Gold, what really is the value in that? The games themselves that are included for free? 
not really that great. And the fact that Game Pass exists eliminates a lot of the potential uh, that you have to give games away for free. Because you can't anger the Game Pass guys by giving away a game for free that they already have. And you can't really anger the Xbox Live Gold guys any more than they already are because they have to pay for your service. Uh, so... It seems that uh, Microsoft might be fumbling the ball a bit on this one. I'm not exactly sure why they would continue to support Xbox Live Gold, a service that has been around since the beginning of the Xbox 360. Uh, it's getting to be a bit archaic, in my opinion. At the very least, change the way your services are set up, because currently you have Game Pass for console, Game Pass for PC, Game Pass Ultimate, which includes both, and Xbox Live Gold, and then Gold itself. It seems like some consolidation is in order here, but that's just my two cents. Uh, perhaps you could do two tiers, one with Game Pass for console and gold, and then you have Game Pass Ultimate. So you could charge 10 bucks a month for Game Pass console and the gold bundle, and then 15 for Ultimate as you are now. That seems to be a much better option here. And then just drop the name. That's really the only problem is the name in and of itself. Uh, because it's a classic marketing tactic. If you have something that you can bundle in with something else, you raise the price on those two entities together, and then you call whatever you bundle together free. So for instance, in my example, Xbox Live Gold would be bundled in with Game Pass on consoles, and then you could say, hey, this is the Xbox Game Pass bundle, and then you get free Xbox Live Gold. The price itself doesn't change. You just combine those two together, and then you price them that way. Uh, but you technically are changing the mind of the consumer to think, oh, I'm getting a deal. Xbox Live Gold is free now, uh, even though it technically not really is. Uh, that's probably the route they should go. That's just my two cents on that one. But again, we will see where they continue to grow and evolve into the future with the Xbox ecosystem. Now, one thing you can expect whenever the new consoles launch is a lot of free upgrades, at least coming to you from Doom Eternal and the Elder Scrolls Online. Bethesda is on board with the next gen upgrades. Both of these titles will be updated for free for those that own the PlayStation 4 or the Xbox One versions of the game, and both games should be playable on PS5 and Series X on day one, with enhancements to come at a later date. Bethesda also confirmed it is committed to providing free updates to any game that brings across to next-gen consoles. More information for both games will be announced at QuakeCon at home this weekend, and of course, the guys at Press Start gave Doom Eternal a 10 out of 10 in their review, and I would probably give it a solid 9 myself. Very good game. Now, the big benefit I see to Doom Eternal coming to next-gen consoles is undoubtedly going to be lighting. Uh, because if you, for some reason, were able to get Doom Eternal running with ray tracing on a PlayStation 5 and an Xbox Series X, that creates one of the best-looking games of all time. Uh, Doom Eternal looks and plays phenomenally. Uh, this was my quarantine game. I played this game for probably four or five hours a day for about two weeks during quarantine. Uh, and this was like the middle of lockdown. I fell in love with it. It is fantastic. The multiplayer, it's passable. Uh, but the game itself, the campaign, ooh. Man, you need to get in there and play it if you haven't, but it's worth waiting for the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X at this point, unless you're getting antsy and need something to play this summer. But finally, to round out today's show, Pikmin 3 has been pulled from Wii U's eShop following its Switch announcement. The Wii U version was available for only $20. As reported by Nintendo Everything, the original 2013 version of Pikmin 3 disappeared from the Wii U eShop shortly after today's announcement, or yesterday's announcement, of Pikmin 3 Deluxe. The Wii U version of Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze was also reportedly removed from the Wii U shop following the announcement of its own Nintendo Switch port. 
Pikmin 3 on Wii U is priced at $19.99 on the Wii U eShop, while the new deluxe version will retail for $59.99 on Nintendo Switch. The game is still available physically from various retailers. Pikmin 3 is the latest Wii U title to be ported to Switch following Mario Kart 8, New Super Mario Bros. U, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, and Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, as well as Bayonetta 2, and many others. Switch's Pikmin 3 Deluxe version will release on October the 30th with new story content, co-op features, and settings that make it easy for newcomers to jump in, Nintendo said. Most significantly, Deluxe adds new prologue and epilogue story missions, featuring protagonist Olimar and Louie, the ability to play in co-op on the same console, as well as head-to-head -head multiplayer matches in the form of Bingo Battle. Uh, this is something that really irritates me, because as somebody who likes the history of video games, the fact that these aren't going to be available on the platform they were originally on is something that really grinds me the wrong way. Now, I totally understand the financial side of this, because you don't want two versions of the same same game and one being cheaper, albeit a little bit lackluster in terms of features, uh, that is a very big temptation for those that might be budget-minded going into where they want to play. On top of that, for hardcore Nintendo fans, uh, they likely still have a Wii U even if they have a Nintendo Switch, and as thick as that layer of dust may be, they might be more keen to you know, plug it in and play Pikmin 3 instead of playing the new version on the Nintendo Switch, especially considering finances during the pandemic. Uh, so to pull that game down makes sense, but it still doesn't make it right. Uh, I'm not a big fan of this at all, and I would not support it during the Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze debacle as well. Uh, this game, by the way, phenomenal. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, big fan of that one. Uh, so, unfortunately, Pikmin 3 is gone from the Wii UE shop, but you can buy it online at various physical retailers or at your local gaming mom and pop shop. Of course, if you want to pick up Pikmin 3 Deluxe, it is going to be coming out later on this year. But that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you enjoyed this one, drop me a like down below and let me know what stories caught your eye. I'll be back tomorrow for a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report. But until then, you guys have a fantastic rest of your night. I'll talk to you soon and peace.